No, it's really true. I've clicked it about 18 times now. Hmm. Shared with me. It's Yat79, right? Yep. Aunt Pruitt shared it at 643. That's it. Google doesn't want me to see it. What the hell? <laughs> Google has re- revoked your security pass. How about, how about I just email it to you directly? Well, how about we screen ask. share a copy of it? Oh, wait, on wait, wait, wait. A Google just TV showed app. it to me. Way to go, But it took, look, what, three minutes or something? I mean, please. Episode 79 of Yats. Every week, Wednesday evening, right here, live, yet another tech show.com. Check it out. I'm Matt Lee. Joining me this evening, as always, the gang is back. Ant Pruitt starting it off. What's up, Ant? Hey, what's happening, Mr. Lee? Larry Press. How you doing, sir? Hi, guys. Good to see you. Evening. Good to have you back. Mike Rothman back again. What's going on, sir? I'm just glad to be here. Good to see you all. Excellent. Good to have you guys back. Like I mentioned, the star of the show, yet another techshow.com that's our site we also have our very own youtube channel now uh the way google plus split up pages and everything youtube got a link it to a channel so uh the links on the site check it out and subscribe to yats on youtube uh let's start things off it was thanksgiving hope you all had a good safe holiday ate lots of food talked to lots of relatives you'll be glad to not talk to for the rest of the year um black friday Tons of Xboxes, tons of uh, PlayStation 4s, tons of violence. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I didn't go out. I did notice, we talked about this on AOTA last night, Motorola's site kind of taking a a little dip, dip, dive, went down over uh, some traffic for the Moto X sale. Um, What we couldn't figure out, maybe, Mike, you and Larry have a, a better grasp on this, Google runs Motorola Mobility now. Google scales well for their sites. Like, why did this site go down under traffic like that? Is that Google not having put in any work in the infrastructure for Motorola Mobility? Or was this just an undersite or what? If I were a uh, uh, a uh, examiner for, like, uh, a post-flight uh, crash yeah. analysis. The, ba- I'd, I'd the black box? <laughs> I'd, I'd call the, yeah, I'd, I'd look at the black box and I'd tell you, oh, this is pilot error. Nah. Someone, someone at Motorola uh, just thought, oh, well, re- we'll run this on our old infrastructure. And it was a great the- deal. I mean, you could get these things uh, off contract for like uh, $150 off. So they were like $349 for a, a nice brand new Moto X. I mean, that, that's that's pretty awesome. Google uh, might want to speed up the, uh, the the integration of the Motorola servers into their own server farm. They might want to take the reins there on the, uh, yeah. the old Moto yeah. Mo site. 
Um, yeah. So uh, they are on, on on the upside. They are extending the the deal. So uh, Eric Mack writing on CNET here. He says, in case you weren't one of the multitudes constantly reloading the Moto Maker site and waiting okay. for word to be passed down via Twitter that the deal was on. Uh, here's a quick uh, chronology of what happened to make one of the most anticipated Cyber Monday deals into the only whoopsie Wednesday. <laughs> whoopsie Wednesday. Nice, Eric. Um, and Makeup Monday deals that I know of. So, last week, Motorola announced it would reduce the price of all its off-contract Moto X models by 150 for a short period starting at 6 a.m. Monday. Come Monday morning, Moto's site was largely inaccessible, and the company gave word to hold tight on the bargain snatching until all systems were go. Then, within a few hours, Motorola was able to initiate the deal on non-customizable developer editions, which went for $399 and sold out by mid-afternoon. Then, the Moto Maker site, which is the only way to get a hold of the 349 16-gig off-contract Moto X, remained offline all day until the whole promo was finally called off at 7 p.m., and a grand do-over was set for Wednesday and next Monday. Uh, then... We have the CEO, Dennis Woodside. He made a surprisingly candid and detailed apology, uh, which was pretty awesome. We'll put links to that in the show notes at yetanothertechshow.com if you guys want to check it out. Uh, and then today on Tuesday, or excuse me, yesterday, Tuesday, Motorola posted details of how it's two-day holiday sale. No, no longer Cyber Monday. This, we're just going to change the name. We're going to call it our two-days holiday sale will go down, and it's a streamlined approach designed to eliminate the server-busting crush of thousands of people with grandfathered unlimited data plans on Verizon placing an order all at once. <laughs> Love it. Uh, clearly, the hope is that this will prevent the punishment that Woodside concedes the Motomaker site took on Monday. As for meeting the demand, it seems that even after the anticipated Nexus 5 release, the masses are still hungry for a decent smartphone that does not come with a tired old two-year contract. So, pretty interesting. <laughs> Just dropping like flies. Or as someone at uh, Motorola said, oops. Yep. <laughs> Whoops. Sorry. Uh, Ant, did, did you, uh, you had a... The same guys working on that as worked on the uh, health care thing for the federal government. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you're... I think you're on to it. They should have got McAfee in there to help him out. Or at the very least, set up a Squarespace site. I mean, how hard was that, you know? Jeez. Hey, you know, seriously. Could, what, I don't know much about the federal government thing. I read a really cool thing in the um, New York Times where a guy was saying that the problem is the procurement system. And he was pretty persuasive. But was that an infrastructure problem or a programming problem or all of the above? Do you guys know anything about it? Well, I just know what I've read in the in the papers, Larry. But I I think the answer is all of the above. The the procurement was an issue. They they didn't really manage the project with any kind of um, top level uh, project management. So decision making was diffuse and not coordinated. And you know they they chose some tools that probably weren't a very good choice in retrospect. And you know just. Pick your list of possible problems, and they stumbled into them. It sounded terrible, but the, the um, this guy in the New York Times said that something like six, 
only 6% of these large federal projects uh, work as, you know, on time. And, and there's half of them don't work ever. Uh, 44% of them work, but they're all messed up. And 6% really work and come in on time. I mean, he said he really makes it sound like the whole procurement pro process really sucks. So if the I, government I, is only getting a 6% clip, I shouldn't... You, you shouldn't know, feel, feel bad when we when we fail at work. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll be sure to bring that up to the CEO. I mean, the question is, what's? I'll what, send you a link to it, man. Sorry, show it to him next time. My my question is, what are the stats for the the for-profit sector or the the nonprofit sector? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, the, these big system uh, implementations are just bitches to to get right, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm. I sympathize with the the workers who were trying to get that get that going and get it right. And apparently now it's it's a lot better than it was. That what's what's inexcusable to me is that the, the federal government apparently spit, paid six hundred million dollars for for this this website to come up. Yeah. I, I I just yeah. don't I just cannot understand how you how you do that. Well, Com Computer World had an article. I can't remember. There was like forty some contractors, and they they did they had two weeks for integration of the system. Is that the yeah. problem? You think so many hands in this pot that they just a bug propagates, and before you know it, it's uncrushable, and you have well, to start think, over from scratch. You know. I think a part of that problem is is they're trying to implement. A law written by a bunch of politicians who didn't know enough about how the processes really work, and so you know the the law forms the basis for the system requirements, but the system requirements are are near on impossible to code in any intelligible way. That's kind of odd, though, if you think about it, because all I mean, if you break down a law to its most basic components, it's basically an algorithm, right? I mean, it's a set of instructions. I guess the hard part is the interpretation then because yeah, it's, it, it, this law as a document is some thousand some odd pages. Right, long. right. You would think a computer, yeah, though, would be more apt to process that than we humans would, except for the interpretation of the thought process that was happening yeah. as it was written in each individual human being. Yeah, it was it was written by a whole bunch of human beings. It's the agenda. And, and a lot of those people didn't have a really good understanding of how the underlying systems are working today. Right, right. And so there are probably a lot of mismatches. But, you know, setting all that aside, setting aside the problem of co writing a cogent law and interpreting and, and so on and getting the, the website working, you've got to applaud the, the, the premise of providing health care for millions of people. Oh, yeah. Who do yeah, not have health care today? This whole computer, this Kudos. whole computer screw up is going to be forgotten in six months. And That's the, my take. The impact of the law is going to change. But you can't lives. act like, oh my God, this is some epic thing. Like countries have done this in the past and have been doing it. Like we're just late to the game when it comes to this. Granted, I see what you're saying, and and they should be applied for finally doing it. But you shouldn't take that for granted. That like because they've been so crappy leading up to this point and then they do this one thing that they're like 
you know. But Matt, uh, with other countries doing this, do you think they have the same uh, strenuous regulations that we have here in the states? Oh no, <laughs> we're not going to learn from others' mistakes. We're going to make our own whole new set of mistakes, and then we're probably not going <laughs> to learn from those. No, but I mean, you, you got to look at just even compliance. You know, they, other countries don't have to kiss the butts of the insurance companies. I mean, that, that's a they, big hurdle well, to the overcome. Insurance companies are part of it. I don't understand that. Well, they're that, so ingrained in the way the system works, right? That there's no. I mean, how do you go? How do you get over that that hurdle? Same, that's like a giant obstacle. Same countries have a single payer processing. You know, yeah. whereas we've got dozens, if not hundreds, of different insurance companies right. around the country, yeah. and all the states being different. It's I'm with you, Mike. That really, uh, the yeah. whole thing was a political compromise. Now I got to say, I have health care through through my employer, so I'm I'm set, and I assume you guys have health care probably th- through your employers. We yeah, used but, to, and then it got too expensive for our employer, and then they dropped it. <laughs> so, hey, Matt, have you gone through the process then? Have no, you gone no, to, no. Are you going to? No. I, I don't know. They'll find you if you know, but you should, man. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I should. Insurance? I should, but I don't want to pay for that. No, I don't know. I, I'm not into that. No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, let's see, Ant, you wrote a piece on a new domain or started one about uh, some other Cyber Monday deals, kind of switching gears from healthcare to Cyber Monday again. <laughs> was there anything else that you wanted nice to point out that was, you know, oh my God, we have to get this? Anything our listeners should know about? Well, no, it, it was still sort of the, the obvious stuff where you had a, a computer that was for next to nothing that had mediocre hardware on it um, versus something like the Toshiba that was out there for six ninety nine. It had right. a, a Core i seven and like eight gigs of RAM, and it, it was it was a nice machine. Um, Cyber Monday was still Cyber Monday. Amazon continued to to play with my emotions and email me all weekend long <laughs> and all day Monday. Nice. Uh, Amazon, you, y'all are the devil and you know it. You just know <laughs> me so well. Name, Spam <laughs> masters, huh? <laughs> they oh my gosh. It <laughs> makes me so mad. They're good at what they're doing, man. And you go in there today. What's today? Wednesday? Today is Wednesday, but if you go to Amazon right now, at least for my Amazon, it still shows up as Cyber Monday. Now it says Cyber Monday week. Yeah, they're so, gonna. You have to maximize as much legs, as many legs, as distance as you can get out of this gimmick. You know. Oh my gosh, it was sick. I so, saw stuff like five dollar Blu-rays. Let know, me ask you: one. was was there anything recommended that you yourself was like, "Yes, I need this," and then you purchased? Did you buy anything? I only did that for things on the Hardheads wish list for Christmas. Nice. A friend of mine got his girlfriend the new uh, Samsung Galaxy Tab Three, the ten inch, mm-hmm. but the the number three, I guess, because yeah. uh, what was it? Walmart had a good deal on it, I guess. Walmart had the, um, I want to say the 8-inch tab for $180. Yeah, the 10-inch tab was like 150 off or something. Yeah. I, I need your advice, guys. I, I've been thinking about getting my wife a Christmas present. W- what do you think of giving her the Xbox One? 
Yeah. <laughs> I think only if you get her a vacuum cleaner also. <laughs> Here's a bowling ball and a and vacuum. there goes the female listenership. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm totally kidding, ladies. Come on. You know Did you guys doing. see The Simpsons years ago where Homer gives his wife a bowling ball? That's what I was referring <laughs> yes. to. That that was the reference. Oh, man. No, that Xbox One, it, it's, it's definitely a nice piece of hardware. Do you have one now? I'm, I don't want it. I want the PlayStation 4. Oh, okay, because I was um, going to ask I... you about the update glitches uh quite a yeah. few of those had some it, update it's problems. got a lot of potential it's got why, a lot of potential why the playstation ant i've been in that ecosystem and i'm used yeah. to that controller oh, that's i never huge, really liked right? the xbox controller i've tried it over the years and yeah. i still couldn't quite get used to it the hardheads have the xbox and i still just don't want it it's and like coming from this. apple to android or something like that once your brain is used to you know a certain controller like that it's i was the same way with the gamecube like that was my yeah. my thing and then my friends had the xbox and stuff and i just i couldn't do it well it was just not yeah. i was not used to it right and i've been on playstation from day one you know on the ps1 original launch i bought that nice and then when ps2 came out i went and bought that and ps3 come out and i was married with children still went and <laughs> bought that you know yeah yeah <laughs> You know, it's, some things are just not going to change, you know. And it, it's they, they got me hooked in, and um, they have a good product, plus it's Blu-ray and all of that already built in, um, and it just fit right into my media center without an issue. Other than the lack of DLNA support on the PS4 versus the Xbox having that. I don't know if you guys remember that I used to use the DLNA on my PlayStation all the time so I could stream my uh, movies and stuff from my computer to oh, my yeah. television. Can't do that with this with this new one. But fortunately, I have other ways of getting it. You know, you got the Chromecast and you got the Google TV and you're fine, but that's one leg up the Xbox has right there. Yeah, apparently it's going to be the better um, sort of all-purpose media player. Yeah, yeah. But so, so going it's going to be a gaming device for me. <laughs> going back to Amazon... Uh, what do what, what you guys think of uh, of um, Jeff Bezos' uh, a- a- Amazon Air Prime? The drones, the man. <laughs> the flying drones. Goodness do you gracious. Love it? I'm getting out my slingshot. <laughs> you know, the one good thing about that for, for Amazon and Bezos is you won't see those drones here in, like, the rural areas of, say, Montana or yeah. down here in the deep south, something like that goes flying over in my area here, I can guarantee there will be some buckshots fired up. It's going to get bagged yeah. and tagged you quicker know? than you so, can say Amazon. By? Not in my yard. You <laughs> you're, too, you're too far away from the fulfillment center anyhow. Yeah. Yeah, they were shot. And I did, I saw a ton of stuff on Twitter about it and people, I mean, the, the jokes were funny. Uh, I'm pulling them up here. I'll read a few of the, the funnier tweets about it, but a lot of people were kind of jumping the gun and being like, Oh, this will never work. This will never work. And they missed the point where he said in a few years, like this isn't happening right now. This is coming by like 2015. And I think even 2015 is being generous as far as he time. Four or five years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that that's probably a little more feasible. 
But I mean, if you think about it, battery life is is a huge thing. These are octa copters, so you have eight mm-hmm. little engines on them, not just four uh, in a quadricopter. Um, you're the battery life right now, and it's it's not the same, but it reminds me of the rocket equation, right? The more fuel you add, the more weight you have, the more fuel you have to add. So the more batteries you put on this thing the more weight it has the more juice the engines need the more battery power you need you know um they did yeah. say it was for packages five pounds and and under i believe is that yeah five pounds correct. so that's that that's okay i i could uh possibly uh see that happen but that range of 10 miles is pretty impressive so what i really like is the the future vision of self-driving trucks driving down a residential road on the top it opens up and all of a sudden you have 10 octocopters taking off with packages swarming out to all of the homes as the self-driving truck is rolling down the street they drop their packages they come back to the truck it closes and it goes to the next block they that reload is cool and scary at the same time that's kind of my vision of how how eventually it it would uh, possibly work. Yeah, I guess it depends how far away you are from the from the fulfillment centers. Some might come straight from the center. Some may come right. From the truck. So here's some of some of my favorite tweets about it. Uh, one says, "Amazon drones will offer free shipping to all military aged Muslim males." Amazon. If I was Amazon, when a drone gets stolen, the next day have 100 drones show up at their house saying, resistance is futile. (laughs) Uh, But how long until package-delivering drones gain sentience and start killing us all because they judge our purchases and find us lacking? (laughs) Oh, damn. Uh, can't... Know, another thing I liked about that interview. Here, hold on. Let me. There's like two more. Let me read those, and then you can oh, talk yeah. about the interview. Uh, can't wait to armor up my stolen Amazon drone to crash into other Amazon drones and collect all their packages. That's just wrong. <laughs> and then uh, the last one here, I'll read. And if you do a search on Twitter for like Amazon drones, you'll find a ton of these. But uh, this one says that awkward moment when your Amazon delivery drone just hovers there. Waiting for a tip. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, nice. I, I thought those were pretty cool. What I were you can get- totally see it. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Just like waiting there with its little mechanical pincher. Like, yeah. come on, come on. I picture like batteries not included. If you remember that movie with the little flying UFO yes. things oh, yeah. back in the day. Yeah, yeah. What were you gonna say, Ant, about the interview? I don't know if you guys, you know, how much you guys follow sports, but. Uh, what I liked about the interview with Bezos is he sort of reminded me of Steve Spurrier. He's a college football coach um, that sort of has the, 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 the attitude of, you know what, I'm out here to win. And far as from a football standpoint, he has a reputation of at the very beginning of the game, he's throwing the bomb. He's throwing the Hail Mary. And at the end of the game, if he's beating you 55 to nothing, He's still throwing the Hail Mary to try to continue to just, just, you know, put you down, so to speak. And Bezos was saying, you know what, this is the survival of the fittest. You know, uh, everybody is talking about them pushing other businesses out of business and whatnot. He's like, hey, look, I got to do this because I want to stay in business. Mm -hmm. You know, I give him props for that. 
he didn't shy away from it. You know. You know, there, there, there's another take on that interview. The interview was Sunday night before Monday's Cyber Monday. Of course. And, <laughs> and how much free publicity did that interview confer on Amazon.com? That's true, right? The Amazon within, brand. Within a month ago, a book came out on it, too. That, that shit's not coincidental. No way. <laughs> and, what, and, you know, I was curious, to, I, and I didn't do it. I, let's check back. I wonder what happened to the stock price of Amazon. Mm. Oh, because it'd be interesting. Good question. Yeah. The thing that I was, um, I, I wanted to do a blog post on it, so I went to the CBS site and poked around, and I found a, a similar segment, an interview with him from 1999. And it, same thing. First of all, it was, it's really interesting. It's more fun than this one. But I wonder what happened to the stock price after that interview, too. I'll bet these interviews really popped the stock prices. I'm going to have to try to look now as I'm curious. Yeah, no, it's really Today, cool. Amazon traded in a fairly narrow band and, and ended up about $1.30 or, or a third of a percent. Mm. Yeah, how about That's just today. Last, how about for the last week? Can you see the last I'm looking. Those guys, it's, it's amazing to see where they've come from. Um, I had a... a, a one of my teachers in school, he used to work at Amazon back in the golden days as a DBA and just listening to some of the stuff he, he talked about as far as the growth and, you know, all of the hours they put in to make it what it is now as far as knowing exactly when to send me that email that says, you know what, your hard heads was looking at this specific toy. If you get it now, it's going to be a lot cheaper, you know. Yeah, it's, it's amazing the data mining that they do on a regular basis. And you're you're giving the devil new ideas. <laughs> yeah. I think the devil already. <laughs> they already know. They're about as bad as Google. <laughs> hey, Larry, to your question, Amazon yeah. is down since Monday's opening uh, about uh, eight points, which would be about four percent. Wow, there goes that theory. But the whole stock market's gone down, hasn't it? The last week? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Um, you know, another thing that was, when you're talking about how much progress they made, it when you when looking at the 1999 video compared to the current one, the, the density of packaging and the level of automation in the fulfillment center is night and day. <laughs> they have learned how to package and find and deliver and put stuff on pallets and ship it. It's just, it was really impressive. It's the same way, you remember Netflix, when they used to actually ship the DVDs? Yeah, I bet that was highly automated, too. Yeah, they, they, they continue to send you surveys every time you, you had something delivered. You know, when was this thing delivered to you? Thank you. You know, did yeah. you get this on such and such day? Thank you. And then next thing you know, if you look in your local newspaper, Netflix opening a distribution center 100 miles from your location, you know. Yeah. I mean, they just continue to, to scale it the right way and figure out what's the, the, the secret sauce to get everybody their, their DVDs within two days. Yeah. You know? They're yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, boy, yeah, it's a, they're an impressive company. You know what else is impressive about them is, is their customer service. Like Who's that? Amazon? Amazon. Yeah, they're they're going to end up in a lot of ways clashing with Google, and Google has got – Absolutely zero customer service. 
Whereas Amazon, yeah. you know, if, if you buy something and you decide you don't want it or it's not what you wanted, you just tell them. They just give you your money back. They, Boom, back it goes. Yeah, yeah I can't Amazon disagree there. about that. Yeah. You know, you can... It doesn't even have people. You can do that with, with Google, too, but you have to speak Python. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, you, That's you wish spectacular, man. All you do is, all Google does is send out little form letters, you know. Google is like Verizon or something. I mean, they just, um, in the long run, that's going to hurt them. And Jeff Bezos makes a big point of that, that uh, making the customer happy is what he's all about. I can kind of believe it. I've had one experience with this with with Amazon and customer service, and because you guys know I was getting those Kindle Fires, and I would root them and run the uh, Android Nexus ROMs on them. And one of the Kindles that I had, it it just just quit working, and somehow I was able to get it and flash it back to the Amazon Kindle operating system. And I told them what I had done. And they said, huh, just go ahead and send it back anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, sure. You know? <laughs> Whatever, man. Yeah, just go ahead and send it on back. Yeah, like uh, about a month ago or something, my wife ordered some stuff. And it was expensive. It was a couple hundred bucks. And it never came. And, you know, our theory is that somebody probably stole it off the front porch. Right. On Amazon. And they just said, no problem. That's what's up. Yeah, Yeah, they'll track it down. You guys were talking about punctuation on its way out the door. Was this y'all wanted to talk about as far as with text messages and and periods and stuff? (laughs) Uh, This is this is kind of a great story that that appears in all places uh, uh, in uh, the New Republic, Uh, and the the headline is the period is pissed when. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when did our uh, plainest punctuation mark become so aggressive? And what it does is it <clears throat> is it tracks the usage of of punctuation, particularly in um, in texting and online chat. You, you know, which is sort of the predominant form of uh, uh, messaging between uh, teens and you, you know the the twenties generation and so on. And it the, the 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 what's conveyed is that punctuation and capitalization and things like that are really going by the wayside. Uh, in, in fact, you're you're viewed as aggressive and angry if you do put a period at the end of your sentence. Oh my uh, gosh! Yeah. I so, think they're right. <laughs> so, Larry, you 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 chat you chatted about this with some of your students. What did you learn? Yeah. I, I raised it after you posted. I just asked the kids in classes, is, is this the truth? You know, or do you pay attention to punctuation? And they, to a person, every one of them agreed that, yeah, that article is kind of right. And, for example, if you put, if you end a, you're, the normal way you end a sentence is by just a carriage return. I guess that's, yeah. that dates me, a carriage return, right? Wow. Okay. And <laughs> whatever the hell you want to call it. So, oh, so much line feed. Good old CR. <laughs> ASCII 013. So, yeah. uh, so uh, and they said, yeah, the normal thing is it's a convert. It's a Jeff Nunberg, a guy from um, Berkeley, wrote uh, did a pod, uh, uh, not a podcast, but a, a 
a, a thing on Terry Gross's thing about texting is conversation. It's not writing. And that these kids were saying, normally if you want, if you come to an end of a sentence, but you're still having a conversation, you just hit the enter key. If you say hit a period at the end, it means okay, we're finished talking about this subject. That it's kind of like saying case, you know, case closed, no more. Yeah, they really identified with that, and they said three little dots and exclamation points. They said punctuation in general is uh, is really meaningful. Well, what do you think about? A lot of the third-party keyboards like SwiftKey will just do that stuff automatically. You don't have to put spaces in between words. It will space your words, and then it'll auto-punctuate. So I feel like some of that is maybe making us a little more lazy when it comes to this. But that would be what my kids were saying because it would make them seem uh, angry when they're not and, and so forth. Well, that's why they you just got to do what. Uh, what's the word like code switching? Where they, they said they'll they write they, if they send me a text, it's going to be different than when they send each other. Right, text. right, right. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, shit, I don't even do hardly texting. I'm not much. You know, I, I, and it depends. I, I, what... I have to agree with this article is as much as I don't want to agree because I've been told the same thing personally. Um, because when I write emails, when I write text messages or what have you, whether it's something I'm doing an article for for a new domain or if it's just a text message to a to a friend or whatever, I punctuate. And people always tend to think that, you know, I'm I'm pissed off or ill or angry. And I'm like, no, I'm I'm not. Now if I put an exclamation point on the end, I mean that exclamation point. You so know, you could just do what I do that. and and play it safe and just end every sentence with LOL. Yeah, or LOL makes things differently, right? <laughs> but do you you do it you said you did it regardless of what you're typing. Like for me if I'm I have different modes depending on if I'm emailing, like all of it will be perfect. But if I'm texting, it's like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, you're getting the message across. But if it's something that has form, I guess, and maybe I Maybe I associate it with that because of how I grew up in typing class that like letters were letters. So to me, mm-hmm. email is still considered a letter, whereas a text yeah. message is considered just a, a quick text. You know, I, I will say this. I try really hard to, to properly punctuate. I may use slang words, but I try really hard to properly punctuate. Yeah, I do, too. I, I was brought up in an educational system that. You know, sort of said that that you you were revealing your lack of education if you didn't punctuate correctly, and you know it was sort of like good manners, uh, something akin to to that, I suppose. So, but on the other hand, I, you know, I see these kids texting with two thumbs, and it's like they're speaking at full blast, going with mm-hmm. with two thumbs, and it's under. I can understand why you don't want to take the time to shift. The thing to, so you get a capital letter oh, at the beginning of a sentence yeah. and deal mm-hmm. with the the period and two spaces. Uh, all of that just gets in the way in a certain sense if you're trying to just just have a conversation. You know, I got it bad because I've I've texted with the with the voice dictation. Oh yeah. And I will say, hey Matt, comma, what time is the show tonight? <laughs> I do that too. Period. <laughs> Exclamation point. <laughs> I totally do that. 
I got it bad. Yep, I know if I yep. even do it that way, I'm definitely really trying hard. You know. You do that with Google's voice to text? All the time, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. I fully agree. <laughs> That's cool. Hey, speaking of, of the new Hangouts, wh what do you guys think of this integration? Uh, so now we've got Google Talk, we have SMS, and... No, Talk is no more. Yeah, I know, but oh, it's okay. like all of that got jammed into oh, the right, right, Google right. Hangout. And it's like now when I send a message to someone, it's like I'm not always clear how they are going to receive that message. <laughs> That's why I stopped the SMS, man. No, I, I tried the SMS for a little while, Mike, but I'm a Google Voice guy. Yeah. And my Google Voice number does not work well. Does not it, compute, huh? Yeah. No, it doesn't. I, it really doesn't. It, See, that's it weird. For me, use... it was the opposite. It would verify mm -hmm. my G Voice number, but it couldn't find my regular cell phone number until the latest version. And now I think I have both verified. But see, for me, wow. it's easy. Because I'm huge on encrypted SMS, so it doesn't support that. I'm not using it. So I keep right. Tech Secure uh, by Whisper Systems, Open Whisper Systems, for my SMS because all of that goes through Tech Secure. So even if the end-to-end -end isn't encrypted, at least it's encrypted locally on my device. So uh, mm -hmm. as many of my friends as possible were using it just to encrypt everything. My mom uses it now. Kelsey uses it. Like We got a bunch of people using it, so that's cool. Uh, Hangouts, I use it just as like a, anything else. If it's not encrypted, then it's going through Hangouts. Wow. Yeah, so I that kind of makes it, it easy for me. It confuse the crap out of me, and I'm like, oh, damn, this is going to the wrong number, and I don't want everybody having my real right, right. cell phone number. And that's where the granularity and control of uh, the contacts manager in Gmail really comes in handy. Because I have so, different circles for my uh, work stuff. So whenever anyone from my day job calls, because I have their numbers in my phone under this certain circle, it goes to my Google Voice number. But then everybody else goes to my regular number. What, Mike? Did, so are, are all of you using the new Hangouts, or did any, did any of you revert to the old Google talk, uh, uh, Gmail talk? Personally, I'm, I'm still Hangout. Yeah, I'm I'm Hangouts, and I I mean I have the Moto X with KitKat, so on the device I'm I'm using. I did like the old G Talk app personally, but you got to move on eventually. Yeah, exactly. That's sort that's sort of where I am. Yeah. Larry, did, you did, yeah, instant messaging or or SMS type apps? What do you use? No. I hardly ever do. I send a text message once or twice a month. I'll a have year. to. Can I say I? <laughs> There's two things. One is a generation gap. The other one is I have a laptop on my lap, 22 hours a day. Oh, okay. And you know, I mean, shit. It's so much easier and so much more flexible, and my fingers aren't so teeny. And yeah, I, I'll send and you know, if somebody sends me a text message, I'll reply to it. But I, I hardly ever send it to anybody. The power of Google Voice. I can do it on the laptop. What What's your family say when you you you're at the dinner table with the laptop on your lap? <laughs> they're sending him Candy Crush requests. That's you what they're saying. Will you play Candy Crush with me? 
Will you come farm my farm? <laughs> so I do. I will say I do like Hangouts in using group chat now. So I made a group chat for Attack of the Androids, and I made one for Yats. So we mm-hmm. can have discussions just by sending a message to that one person, I guess. It sends it to everybody. So that's kind of cool. It's like yeah. Skype yeah. Uh, group chats were. Yep. That so I, re- well. I really like that. I like that, too. I can talk to all you guys and just send one message, and that's cool. And group SMS is still kind of buggy, so Hangouts makes more sense for that. So Which you- is the same use case. Sorry, it, it's the same use case for Messenger. Remember when hang or when... Google Plus first came out and it had that messenger app. You could make a oh, message yeah. go to a whole circle. And so yeah. you could form circles based on who you were you were messaging. I mean, it didn't last very long, but the idea was there that. and it actually worked well for that. I was getting when that first came out, I would get added to all these groups that it was like somebody testing it out with a circle but that circle had like 350 people in it. So now you're in this chat with like all of these, but they've since gotten that figured out. I I believe. (laughs) So then there, then there are the other uh, chat platforms. Do, do any of you chat or do FaceTime on the iOS platform? Negative. Negative. Crickets. Negative. (laughs) Do do any of you use Skype on a regular basis? Only for not anymore. I I only use it for the podcast because I have a Skype number. So anyone that wants to leave voicemail messages for Yats or any of the other shows can call four zero six two zero four four six eight seven and leave us a message. Kaboom! I I set you up, dude. I know it. You set them up. I'll knock them down all night long. Yeah, yeah I, I find people that want to talk on Skype all the time. I mean. You know, just guys, hey, my, let's talk. Yeah. <clears throat> like, I'm going to talk to a guy at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning on Skype. It seems like Skype, in, in my experience, is the go-to thing. for. Uh, yeah, a lot of those people use it, and a lot of them use it like I used to use IRC back in the day. Like, when my computer was on 24-7, IRC was always running, and I was always in, like, four or five different channels. People are running Skype all the time like that, and they have their little you know, groups and channels open. Mm-hmm. When we first started a new domain and working for a Groovy Post, it was all Skype. Every, and I thought that was weird because I was from an IRC um, GTalk <laughs> background. So to, to start having you Skype, I was like, well, you got to email me because I don't leave Skype on. And they're like, what? That's weird. We just leave Skype running all the time. I was like, no, I can't. Sorry. Yeah, I remember Gina used to always yeah. want to Skype her, and I'm like, and Brian, you know how crappy that app is on these yeah, computers? Yeah, and, just... and Brian, <laughs> like, they live in Skype the way we used to live in IRC or ICQ or AIM back in the day, you know? Yeah. You know, the one advantage Skype has is, is it's cross-platform. You get Skype um, clients on virtually any of the popular platforms. <clears throat> now, that's not true with either Hangouts or FaceTime. Which which are silo, mostly siloed applications for their uh, for their uh, ecosystem. Right, right. The other advantage is that Microsoft runs Skype, and it's a complete pile of crap. <laughs> <laughs> so says Eric Finkenbeiner on a tag of the Androids. <laughs> he has the worst time with it, and then he gets so frustrated because he's a developer, and he's like, Microsoft makes Windows, they make Skype. 
make it work. And it, it's so <laughs> funny to see him get, he gets so upset about it. I feel bad, but it's so funny. Yeah. Uh, fun. Pretty sure for the attack of the androids is some yeah, pretty yeah. classic stuff. Thanks. Yeah, that was that was a good time for sure. Um how about Snapchat? Are you guys into uh the whole disposable uh message thing? Was that on your list, Mike? You know, uh, Snapchat is uh, I've got these uh twin granddaughters who are thirteen years old and they're they are constantly Snapchatting. Wow. And, I don't get it, and I'm trying to believe the best of them and not be suspicious. Yeah, really, do they let you see them, man? <laughs> no, my, my asking to see their Snapchat would be a, a, a gross intrusion of their privacy. It's probably... Yeah, I think that uh, Representative Wiener from New York should have used Snapchat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> any, any Representative Wiener should use Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, th- I think Mike that that gets filed under "Don't ask questions you don't want to know the answer to." Uh, I think that's yeah, where no it gets doubt. filed, dude. All right, we got about ten minutes left. Uh, Ant, you were talking last episode about how it was like what Security Week or something. Um, yep. Speaking of Security Week, let's talk about a little week security. Two million stolen Facebook, Twitter, Yahoo and ADP passwords were found on a Pony botnet server. Uh, this is kind of interesting. It says, uh, this is Violet Blue writing in the ZDNet Zero Day. Uh, Since the source code for the Pony botnet controller was leaked, Trustwave Spider Labs has been tracking this thing. Um, so interest turned to stunned surprise when the researchers uncovered a Pony botnet server stabling... <laughs> Over 2 million account credentials and passwords for Facebook, Yahoo, Google, Twitter, LinkedIn, Odnoklassniki, which is the second largest Russian social network site, uh, and more. A whole bunch more. Contrary the, to what... The one that got my eye was ADP, dude. What is ADP? I'm not familiar with that. Automatic Data Processing, Inc., one of the largest providers of payroll services to most yes. Fortune 500 <laughs> businesses and at least 620,000 business organizations worldwide. Mm, Ouch! This- <laughs> that that's Ow. that's serious business there. Forget Facebook. Forget LinkedIn. This is We're money. Payroll. This is money. <laughs> money, money, cash, money, yo. You know, I saw this piece and it, it 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 struck me two ways. Number one, because ADP is one of my employer's competitors. Nice. Um, we, have, nice. we have two different markets and whatnot, so it's no beef. But sure one of our competitors. And then the next thing I thought about was I had a conversation earlier with a colleague that just insisted on having their passwords be the same on different um, different apps and different sites and things like that. And I'm trying to discourage this colleague from doing such a thing because I said, you're a hacker's dream. You know, if they figure out one of your passwords, they're going to try every single thing and and that's got your username associated with it and see if they can get in. They're not even going to do it. They're going to write a script that's going to do it all at once, automatically. Every single thing, you know, you need to mix this stuff up, you know, and and just seeing, and I was like, oh, my gosh, just more security, more issues with passwords. Oh, crap, ADP too? You know, this is pretty scary stuff, man. 
Yeah, and actually, if you guys notice, if you're on the the Yats uh, Google Plus community, I was at one of our major grocery stores here the other night, and they had a (coughs) sign out front that said, yo, this is cash only. Uh, because the and maybe it was ADP, but one of their um, credit card processing people got hit, and everybody oh, in man. the valley, me, Ian from the Hot Box, a bunch of people I know, my boss, all got hit for uh, money off of their cards. Luckily for me, I only keep about two bucks in my account at any given time, so it didn't let them take money. But my friend Ian got like four hundred bucks taken. My boss got almost a grand taken. So oh it's yeah, it's scary stuff. And granted, it's it's all like ephemeral. It's it's just numbers in the ether. It doesn't mean it's not like I kind of equate it to like somebody knocking on your door and putting a gun to your head and saying, give me your wallet and then taking out physical dollar bills. Like this is just numbers in a system that the bank's going to just put back. It's not like you're, you know, it's inconvenient. Absolutely. But it's not the end of the world. It's not someone actually sticking you up and robbing you, you know? And and for people out there thinking, Oh, they're not going to come after me. crap! They already did try anything and they're constantly trying it right now i I had to to tell these people um these colleagues i should say at one time i was running an ftp server here at my home you know just because i'm trying to learn to do different things right right not and one day i decided to just check out my server logs and the server log updates you know on the fly so i log into it and look at it and man i was getting hit left and right interesting and several different ip addresses coming in and they would have the gall to put in admin for nah. the username and try a password and it failed and it would try again mm-hmm. and it would continue to try over and over and over again and this is just little old me yep, i ain't got yep. squat no it's a port scanner that found yeah. little OU, and because you didn't have three and die in place or something like that it just hammers yeah. away password 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 and eventually yeah. it's gonna find one and then right. this game over at that point and we do the same thing uh all of our shows uh, we host on a dedicated server, so it's just our stuff on the server. It's not a shared plan or anything. That's why you download the episodes so fast. But if you look in the error logs, it's like you'll have a block of like 10 functions from one IP scanning mm-hmm. through, looking for admin stuff, looking for forum exploits, looking for this and that. Yeah. And, you know, I go through every now and then and I'll blacklist the IP so they just can't hit anything. Now you can't see any of our stuff. But it's yeah. it's funny to to like see the process, and they'll go through all of the domains because we host, you know, we have our shows, and then my, you know, we host a few things here, and it, it's yeah. funny watching them go through all of these things, and then you know the next IP will come along, and every now and then you'll get a legit error, but most of it is these mm-hmm. automated scans, and you know it only works because people don't harden their stuff before they put it out on the public internet, and. It's not wise, man. Not wise at all. Not at all. I used to have a little welcome on my FTP server. It says something like, get the bleep off of my server. (laughs) Get off my lawn. (laughs) So uh, to sum this up, just some numbers. They stole 1.58 million website login credentials and 320,000 email account credentials. Uh, 
let's see, they had 318,121 from Facebook, 59,000 from Yahoo, 54,000 from Google, 21,000 from Twitter, and about 8,000 from LinkedIn. This also includes, like you were talking about, 7,978 from ADP. Uh, this began October 21st and may still be taking place. You can uh. bet your sweet Bippy, it is still taking place. You know oh it. You know that. Uh, in compiling data, Trustwave discovered that many users are doing just what computer specialists advise against, using simplistic passwords that can easily be guessed. For instance, the top five passwords were 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 1, 2, 3, Password. 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 1, 2, 3, 4, password and one two three four five so all the classics way to be tricky those aren't even classics <laughs> asdf gh jkl is a classic monkey is a classic god and sex and money is a classic one two three four five six is pure and utter laziness <laughs> and you deserve to get whatever taken taken so there <laughs> Uh, real quick, we great had a rant. Great rant. Thank you. Real quick, we had a comment in the chat. Uh, Dollar Straws. He uh, going back to the Hangouts functionality. He says, "I just started using the SMS function in Hangouts. When I was in LA, I got a bunch of random 909 area code blank messages with attachments. I'm from oh the 208 area code, so I turned it off." Now I'm back home and using it again, and it's all good. So that that's pretty crazy. I told him he should oh, just I use know. Tech Secure. Uh, so yeah, it's in the Play Store. Uh, dollar Straws. You can email the crew at yetanothertexture.com, and I'll be happy to help you. Or hop on the Google Plus community. Uh, they're on Google Plus. Search for Yet Another Tech Show. The links are on the sites at yetanothertechshow.com. Uh, let's see. Anything else we want to talk about before we wrap this thing up? I think that's about it. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you all had a great holiday. Like I mentioned before, yetanothertechshow.com. That's our website. I want to direct your attention to Aunt Pruitt's new website, smartphone-photographers.com. Cool. We built yeah, that over. Right. We built that over the holiday. He has the Google Plus community, the famous oh-so-popular smartphone photographer community on Google Plus that hosts the point-and-shoot hangout every week. You now have a website. Uh, we're still building it, but definitely check it out. Give us your thoughts give, on give it. Give us that new URL again, man. It is smartphone-photographers.com, and we'll put links to all that stuff in the show notes at yetanothertechshow.com. Thank uh, you for uh, the support. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you for being so awesome to work with. Um. We will be in CES this year. If you're in the Vegas area or going to CES, hook us up. Hook up with us, not hook us up. Hook up yeah. with us, and we'll all hang out uh, in time and, wait, 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 wait. and bring weed and hook us up. No, <laughs> seriously, though, <laughs> like uh, it'll be a good time. We've never been, Ant and myself. Uh, we're going to go cover Showstoppers and then hopefully uh, cover CES for a new domain.net. Yep. So check it out and uh, subscribe in iTunes. Definitely hang out with us throughout the week on the Google Plus community. Uh, AttackTheAndroids.com, we do that show Tuesday. 
Yeah, it's of course Wednesday, and Thursday is point and shoot smartphone photographers community hangouts. So yes, get in sir. those pet pictures for the contest. Each week they host a great contest, lots of fun, lots of great tips. Uh, I'm Matt Lee, Mike Rothman, Larry Press, Ant Pruitt. This is Yats, yet another tech show. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Peace out. Thanks, everyone. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.